Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish tech news. Hello and welcome to the show with me, Gillian Godsell. Today, my guest is Miroslav Holzer, who is, amongst many things, a founder of the IAAI, which is the International Association of Advancement of Innovation um, Approaches to Global Challenges and everything else in between. So actually, Miro, I'm doing you a disservice. You have so many different involvements and titles. Perhaps you'd like to explain about some of the most important ones that you're working with. Yeah, so uh, IAAI is uh, my main uh, institutional vehicle. It's an... um, entrepreneurial civil society organization based in Austria. And uh, we are accredited to the United Nations through the Economic and Social Council, Department for Global Communication, the UN Climate Change Process, UNFCCC, and the Green Climate Fund, the biggest international public climate finance uh, mechanism of the UN system of global community. And so already the name, International Association for the Advancement of Innovative Approaches to Global Challenges is already a mission statement. And um, somehow our um, message is that uh, global challenges are big. Mm -hmm. They are uh, partially already, we are in crisis mode, but uh, uh, these uh, global challenges, they create all of humanity into a, a global community because all all of us are affected but we as global community we don't function in our response it's uh we so we don't function as a global community in our response excuse me we have to I beg your pardon do did you say we don't currently function as a global community we don't function we don't. okay okay and so we need to uh, improve our response mechanism. Mm-hmm. For instance, in the field of climate change, uh, we know it is a problem, but still emissions are going up as if there would be no response mechanism. And so we have to look how we uh, create uh, the institutional framework, the economic framework, societal, cultural framework, that uh, we will respond more effectively and create a climate safe future for us and our children. And for this, uh, we are now uh, create, no, the, the problem that we have here is that the world is primarily organized in nation states and the nation states have create for that, created for them the United Nations organization. And it's an intergovernmental process and the non-state actors, uh, they are not uh, part of the DNA of the UN, uh, UN system. And that's the problem, uh, because nowadays the problems that we see, the global challenges, uh, climate change and uh, the resource depletion, biodiversity loss, it's uh, based a result of uh, everyone taking action. If I'm in a shop with my uh, consumption decision, or with my mobility decision, with my investment decision, with my voting decision, I am driving uh, a climate change. And if there is not a mechanism which uh, captures uh, our uh, and documents our activities, captures the value of positive action, provides incentive mechanisms, then we are not uh, getting to a 
uh, equilibrium or uh, uh, life and uh, society which can exist uh, within planetary boundaries. And so IAI is uh, uh, now working on setting up an ecosystem, multi-stakeholder partnership it's called often in the, in the uh, UN speech or we, we sometimes we are calling it a consortium or just ecosystem. And so this is GLOTCHA, the Global Challenges okay. Action Network. Uh, and uh, it builds on culture, technology and organizational innovation to get everyone engaged and empowered to take meaningful and rewarding action for the local and global public good uh, aligned with the goals and programs of the United Nations system. So you're, so you're combining uh, my... the GLOCHEP brings down and it's like a meeting in the middle. So it's top down and bottom up at the same time. It's not just exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Multi-level governance, mm. connecting local action and the individual with the global goals attainment mechanism, which is still led by the UN system, because the UN system is the only player globally uh, who has a mandate of humanity of all the nations. So it's a good starting point, but uh, it needs to be complemented and we aim and we are convinced that we are the leaders in uh, building the complementary system. And at the United Nations Conference, COP26 in Glasgow in November, we have uh, announced the formation of a United Citizens Organization for Action for Climate Empowerment as a blockchain-based uh, structure, which will uh, connect and empower uh, and uh, mobilize resources for enhanced climate action of all of okay. society. Two things I want to tease out there. First of all, the climate, your awareness about the climate. Uh, and then I also want to talk about blockchain, these two things coming together, this coalition. Climate, when did you first become aware of it and, and why did you know you had to do something about it personally? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm quite long already on this planet. <laughs> uh, and uh, when I was around um, 16, 17 years, uh, around 84, uh, uh, the report of the Club of Rome came out about the planetary boundaries. And I've got from my teacher the assignment that I should uh, report about the book uh, to my classmates. And I did so. And for me, this was very compelling. It was so logic and uh, clear that uh, we need to react to this uh, problem of planetary boundaries and resource depletion. And uh, since then, I have uh, worked in this field or had it uh, always on my mind that uh, that's a determinant of our existence, that we need to uh, be aware of the limits uh, of uh, our ecosystems. And uh, then I've been uh, 16 years head of the Austrian Research uh, Liaison Office on behalf of Austrian Ministry for um, Science and Research. I've worked in promoting international scientific cooperation with between Austria, Slovenia and, and the West Balkan countries. And there, it was also clear, my focus was on these topics. And I thought if uh, we work uh, cross-border internationally, these are the topics we have to address. Otherwise, everything else is meaningless. And when did you found the IAAI? Yeah, so I founded it in March uh, 2007 okay. uh, because uh, I had the 
vision and idea that we could organize uh, competitions. Uh, so it was uh, uh, formed at the, on the fringes of a foresight conference so about envisioning uh, uh, desirable futures. And uh, we thought we could um, organize a competition uh, among these foresight people and youth and uh, uh, then uh, those best pathways towards a uh, uh, desirable future would be uh, awarded. And there would be a research and training center then as an award. Uh, but um, and the aim was uh, to get, the plan was to get uh, philanthropic funding primarily for it. But uh, there were many uh, illusions uh, that uh, uh, we had on our pathway, but... Um, but yeah, you, you wheel a lot of power now. I mean, yeah. the IAAI is very powerful now. You're connected in the UN. You have a lot of partnerships going on. Uh, so you're you're a powerhouse at the moment. Yes, I would say so. Yeah, I really think that we are thematic leaders as regards UN system innovation uh, for non-party stakeholder, because of course there are very powerful institutions and organizations outside the UN system. But as long as they don't connect, they will never function uh, with the global public space. And uh, we have invested a lot of uh, energy and time into understanding the UNFCCC system and identifying the interfaces, those uh, governance spaces in which innovation is possible and where non-party stakeholders, non-state actors can be included so that they become part of this uh, governance space and help to broaden it so that we have really a functioning uh, global governance mechanism. And especially in the blockchain uh, community. Exactly, that's the question yeah. I'm coming on to now. So how, how, how come blockchain? How did that get into the picture? Yeah, so uh, as I said, we were dreaming of these uh, millions and billions from uh, philanthropists like uh, Giving Pledge, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, they have uh, promised half of their wealth will be given back to society before they die. And then um, this was at the beginning. Uh, so we thought we were certainly with this big global challenge with our connection to the UN with science-based solutions. We will get the money and then uh, we will do the things. Uh, now this giving pledges a group of already more than 200 uh, signatories, they have a combined wealth of more than 1 trillion, but in the end the money is not flowing and uh, they are, many of them are only getting richer and not half uh, the half uh, poorer. But uh, one point uh, when we've presented this, uh, our plan and we've had at the UN Climate Change Conference COP22 2016 in uh, Marrakesh, uh, the formally uh, from the presidency approved uh, initiative, we said, give youth a chance, call for resources for youth climate action. And uh, there we said, please give us 100 million uh, euros because young people are so desperately uh, motivated and uh, uh, wanting to contribute, but they need uh, resources uh, to be empowered and those who have resources they should give us. And then the question was, uh, if we give you 100, 100 million, how will it be distributed? How we will- A lot of money. Uh, a lot of money and uh, uh, yeah. And then uh, that time, 2016, uh, we learned about blockchain and 
we've seen that this is the enabling technology to create um, Agenda 2030 social entrepreneurship marketplaces, uh, capturing the value of uh, of certain activities to as contributions to the SDGs, and that around this can be created a market. And uh, then we found ways to connect with others uh, around the globe who are, were active in these fields. And in 2017, we've been founding members of the Climate Chain Coalition, uh, which uh, emerged from uh, an initiative of the blockchain community and the UN Climate Change Secretariat, who all said that this is so high potential, but we need multi-stakeholder platforms and uh, mechanisms to identify good solutions, to have quality assurance, to work on standards, uh, regulation, and so and so uh, there uh, was my entry point and I'm now strategic director of the Climate Change Coalition helping these topics. And I'm still convinced that this is a wonderful enabler of multi-stakeholder climate action empowerment. And um, yeah. So when did you, when did you uh, discover NFTs then? NFTs, uh, I have discovered uh, relatively late. Uh, we have had already in the Climate Change Coalition, people who uh, were looking into uh, NFTs uh, uh, for internationally transferable uh, mitigation outcomes, so carbon credits uh, mechanism that they could uh, be identified as NFTs and then traded and having global registries, avoiding double counting and so. But uh, at that time, it didn't resonate so much. It resonated then with me very much when the Austrian post authorities, um, I think it's two years ago, they have issued a crypto stamp. And uh, it was uh, really very nice. It's a conventional stamp and it had a digital twin. So one could get it by scan the wallet address and there was the, the uh, private key to transfer it to the uh, digital wallet. And when I've seen this, then I've, uh, this resonated so very much. It was aesthetical. It was uh, one, something one can own, visible and digital. And then uh, we came to the conclusion that we could around this uh, NFT technology create uh, individual climate action dashboard app so that we would, uh, create a mechanism to identify contributions to local and global climate action, mint it, and then people could uh, have uh, on their app, on their wallet, uh, really their whole lifetime legacy about what they have done for the climate. And uh, with these crypto stamps, it's this um, that uh, people can track their money and uh, we can give uh, decision-making uh, opportunities that people can co-decide uh, which projects or which digital communities, uh, wallets, this money is going to. So this is really transformative and it enables new types of local and global social contracts, DAOs, everything. It's a universe of opportunities and it's really very inspiring here. Um and I know that you hold quite strong views on the early and most prominent minting platform will be Ethereum. Do you want to tell me why you don't like Ethereum minting? 
Yeah, so I would not say that I don't like Ethereum minting because also the first uh, crypto stamps were on Ethereum. And uh, so it was good to have uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum as uh, a first generation of the blockchain. But nowadays that these platforms are consuming uh, the same electricity like, like uh, countries, middle income countries like uh, Switzerland or Finland, that's unacceptable because it is a use, a waste of resources. The added value of this uh, proof of work mechanism is not existent. And uh, the, the only thing that I really very critical regarding Ethereum is that they are promising uh, to release the Ethereum 2.0 and um, people are believing it. And it's a nice excuse for everybody who is in Ethereum to say, oh, they are working on it. But meanwhile, uh, it's another year with uh, megatons of uh, emissions. And so I was just recently thinking if Ethereum would really be, uh, no, and they are telling this since five years, since mm -hmm. I'm in this space, they are uh, talking about uh, uh, transitioning to, uh, to this uh, Ethereum 2.0 and that it takes only, three to six months. And just uh, now I've again I read an article It says in one or two quarters, it will be published. So I would say if the community is uh, convinced and trusts itself, then they should uh, introduce a, a mechanism that they pay a penalty for each month that uh, the new, that they are delaying it. Mm. So if they believe themselves, because uh, one thing that uh, I'm sometimes also saying, it's like um, an um, alcohol addict person. And it's a, a relationship of the users of Ethereum. So this alcohol addict person always says, yes, I will tomorrow or next week, I will finish. And the partner says, okay, he says, uh, we will finish. And then uh, till the end of the life, uh, it's uh, this bad relationship continues. So this has to, to end. It's really unacceptable. These are planetary heaters um, that should be switched off because we have a very small carbon budget and we are wasting it. So in your uh, seeking for better solutions, that's when you came across the Polkadot network and Unique. So yeah. um, how did that come about? Yeah, so um, I've, I've in the Climate Change Coalition already um, uh, colleagues uh, who work on digital bonds uh, for sustainability, for climate uh, infrastructure and the like. And they are already using Polkadot, so it's uh, Evercity. And um, I've uh, spoken with them because uh, they are really uh, very competent. They've had also the uh, IPC Integrated Platform for Climate Initiatives DAO, one of the first DAOs in this field, and they've had uh, been ones of the first that made a carbon credit transaction on the blockchain. And so um, I've asked what uh, blockchain I should use, and they said they think that uh, if one really wants a, a solution that is not then siloed somehow, but that it's interoperable and uh, low carbon footprint, then Polkadot is a very good option. And then in May last year, I uh, uh, watched a, a webinar on blockchains uh, 
German uh, blockchain uh, broadcast um, uh, with Irina Karagiaul, the head of Metaverse Development at Unique Network, and she presented their plans for an NFT uh, platform. Uh, it resonated very well as regards technology, but also in terms of personality. I thought that really uh, this is a very kind person and team. So we've connected and we've had really uh, very fruitful, really very nice uh, cooperation. And we've been together at, uh, in Milan when there was the youth event of the Italian COP26 co-presidency. And we've been together in Glasgow. We're going then uh, soon to Dubai for the uh, Middle East and North Africa Regional Climate Week together. They've invested uh, resources, their staff, uh, even financial resources. So it's a wonderful partnership so far. And that led to, the partnership led to the UN giving you the Digital Art uh, for Climate project and the competition, which culminated in COP26. Uh, no, they didn't give it to us. It was our idea. Oh, I beg your pardon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, you gave it to them. You brought it. And then yeah, Unique uh, yes. partnered with you to provide exactly, the technology. Yeah. Okay. And, and that was we, pretty impressive. You had a lot of entrance from young people all around yes, the world. Yes, yes, yes. This resonates very well. And it's really powerful, the, the uh, transformative power of art. This helps uh, very much to get out of old uh, thinking patterns, because if we want to really get on a uh, climate neutrality pathway, then there will be so many changes needed. And um, uh, yeah, art helps uh, inspire and uh, also uh, efforts in this field of youth empowerment for climate action, they uh, require financial resources and uh, people don't give money for, if you ask them for a systemic solution for climate action. If we ask for our Glotcha system, uh, people don't give money for this, but they are ready to give money to art. And okay. so we create on the one hand, this inspiration, social energy generator with digital art for climate. And on the other hand, we create a mechanism for mobilization of financial resources, minting this artwork from digital art for climate, putting it on a marketplace and then uh, giving the artists a fair share of uh, the revenues and uh, also on uh, uh, youth climate action uh, pool fund and uh, marketplace and uh, part of it uh, also supporting our work uh, on Glotch. Wow. So what's going forward? What, what are the plans for the digital uh, art for climate? Are there exhibitions coming up? More competitions? Yes, yes. Uh, there are many opportunities there. Uh, so perhaps back, as you said, the UN gave us the initiative. Uh, it was a UN-associated initiative because we have partnered with UN Habitat. UN Habitat is the UN program for cities and uh, settlements. And they have a strong youth program. And Doug Reagan is leading this program. And uh, with Doug, uh, we are collaborating since many years already. And therefore, he also trusted us that we can uh, uh, use this initiative, work on this initiative together to mobilize funding for their work uh, with youth in, in Nairobi in this informal settlement. And the, there was an entry for, from this youth which received uh, the special recognition award. And uh, it's also, he said he would 
like to connect those artists in informal settlements with global resources, making a mechanism that they can be found, that they can be seen, and that uh, uh, there could be financial resources channeled to these artists. And this we've done, and a really digital art for climate uh, got a lot of attention also from other UN organizations, also UN environment, and they are World Environment Situation Room Program for Youth Engagement. They are also now partnering with us. And once we will have our auction and, uh, and sales of these NFTs, they will also be one of the programs that we want to uh, support with the revenues. It's a very powerful combination, isn't it? The climate, yeah. um, climate imperative, youth and culture art. Do you think, will you include, you have, it's currently art and sculpture. Will you include like, writing and spoken word, poetry, will you extend it out further in culture, dance? Um, yeah, we, uh, we don't know, but uh, dance, we've had already some conversations uh, with okay. um, uh, Vandana uh, from uh, We Speak Dance. Um, uh, she was also in Glasgow and then also for one day at the, on our delegation in the UK COP26 pavilion, we had a presentation and she said she would also like to have uh, these uh, dancing for the planet uh, videos minted and then that we uh, use together this our platform, the planned uh, digital art for climate marketplace to monetize this. And uh, it's open, it's totally flexible uh, and we certainly have uh, the plan to have also music included because uh, we've worked already. We have an initiative called Global Youth Music Contest, which was very successful already 2012 was the first round and another one in 2015 in the context of the climate conference COP21 in Paris. So poetry would certainly be also nice. Uh, we have now to really, uh, consolidate ourselves, uh, getting the marketplace and our uh, app, uh, so to say, uh, running up and running and having a stronger resource base then, and then certainly we will consider. Yeah, isn't it amazing how open. technology like blockchain and NFTs and marketplaces can bring all these things together, you know, give it a yeah. global, you know, it's, it's a very impressive project. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, we were watching this space, watching these marketplaces. I can't wait to hear the poetry, the dance, the all these things coming through because you're, you're using culture, culture, as you say, it, you, you can fund it and you can inspire young people much more so than saying, oh, in the distance, the planet might be suffering. You, you link it with real people you want to do. So very, very impressive approach. Thank you so much for your time today, Mara. It was a pleasure. Thanks uh, for inviting me, Jillian. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.